Hey, Verbivores. Welcome to episode two of the Verba Coffee Chat podcast. In our recent ICBA webinar, Jared and Ryan fielded a question around the future of the course material manager. Our team knows the importance of a course material manager, and we think the role is more critical than ever, and we anticipate exciting changes ahead. In today's podcast, we interviewed Dave Urbany, the course material manager at Westchester University, to talk about what is changing and how it's changing. Hey, Dave. Hey, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining our podcast today. I'm excited to have you on. Sure, no problem. Excited to be here. So you may have heard our first podcast, or you may have heard our ICBA webinar that we recently did. So in both of those settings, the question arose of kind of the changing role of the campus store manager. We thought it was a really interesting topic because we definitely think that role is evolving, but we think it's really, really important. And you kind of came to our mind of someone that would be great to chat with around just your evolving role, what that looks like, all the changes that you've made as you've scaled digital in your store. So sounds good. Awesome. As with every campus store, you've had kind of an interesting turn of events as 2020 hit and kind of the onset of the pandemic happened. Can you tell us just a little bit about kind of what happened when the pandemic hit as far as your kind of store operations, just to give everyone an overview of what you're dealing with? So our store, um, we closed down on the 13th of March, Friday the 13th, I think it was actually. They originally told us we'd be away for two weeks. Obviously, we were away for longer than that. So we came back to work and the store wasn't open publicly. Uh, We worked there from April through July. Uh, The store reopened publicly in August. Sometime around June, our campus announced that we were coming back to campus full on in the fall. All students would be back. And then about Three to four weeks later, they reversed course and changed that and said that fall would be remote learning again. So we had to kind of scramble for the fall. So we were able to get more inclusive access on than than we would have if the campus was open. So that helped to alleviate some of the issues with students getting books since it just goes right into their LMS. IA was growing on our campus anyway, but I think combined with COVID, it was sort of that extra push to to let faculty know it was one less thing they had to worry about, you know, give the students the tools they need to succeed. Yeah. So it sounds like your approach in kind of managing the disruption of COVID was to move as many courses as you could to inclusive access. Is that, is that fair to say? Yep, that's fair. We were already doing that anyway, but I think it just expedited the process. The faculty saw more value in it now, even though we were already growing at a rapid rate, it just made it that much better. If there's a silver well, lining, I guess that's it. When you were, you know, talking to faculty about your IA program, like what approach did you take to really get their buy-in so that you could scale so quickly? What were some of the things and the approach that you took around that? For the fall, the current term that we're in, and for the summer, a lot of faculty had reached out to to me proactively to ask what was going to happen now that the campus was going to be remote learning. So that was kind of a first, but we also used the the tool in Verba Collect to show the IA interest toggle, whether or not faculty have interest in inclusive access. And if they do, then I reach out to them specifically directly right away and just make sure that they understand fully what the program is, how it works, and that they are committed to this. So that's kind of what we've been doing for the last couple of years with our program. But for this term, it was kind of interesting. The faculty sort of came to us this time, which I haven't really experienced. And I think it was just more of concern for their, their students. So that's an interesting kind of turn of events if you're in the campus store world that faculty are approaching you proactively. Um, what do you think prompted that or kind of caused that change of behaviors? 
to be honest, I think it's the work that we put in with inclusive access for the last couple of years. We have been oversaturating the faculty and the campus community with communications to really educate them on what the program is, how it works, how it helps the students, how it helps the faculty, because there's really no drawbacks at all, especially, you know, with the fact that they get the stuff right away and at a cheaper price. Um, so I think that w combined with our our push that we've used the last couple of years to really engage faculty through emails or through collect with the automated adoption system. I think it really put us on the radar more than we ever were because before any of that stuff, we were just using basically my email and I'm sure it would get lost and it would be ignored. So now they're, they're seeing these automated emails and I think it, it keeps it in the front of their minds more than it ever did before. Let's hear Dave's take on what he feels are the biggest changes in his role as digital has scaled across his campus. So obviously you guys, you know, continue to scale digital um, and you have been doing that over the last few semesters. That kind of brings me to kind of the theme of the podcast is really now that your role is changing, you know, in the past, the course material role has always been one of procurement, but obviously typically kind of the procurement of a physical print book. Now that that's shifting more towards digital, what does that look like? Especially knowing that, you know, even as COVID is on set, you've had some staff reductions. There's kind of a lot of factors that I think are, you know, changing that role um, across the country. What does that look like for you? In addition to the stuff that we already have to do as textbook managers or course materials managers uh, with the physical textbooks and buybacks and rentals and all that stuff. We also have all this new roles that we have to take on regarding digital. And we sort of act as a liaison between the LMS, which in our case is D2L, the bursar's office, the registrar's office, us at the bookstore, the publisher, the faculty, and the students. So there's a lot of moving parts there. So it's definitely a greater responsibility in terms of communication and outreach. You know, you got to make sure that you get partnerships with every one of those people that I mentioned, every one of those organizations that I mentioned, and it's just a, you know, just a whole nother ball game. I love that. I think that's a really great way to wrap up um, a lot of what's happening and a lot of the changes that are occurring is describing it as, as almost a liaison role. I think gone are the days of where a campus store can really work in their own silo. I think, you know, having those relationships on campus and, you know, building really strong relationships, obviously, you know, is a great strategy for the campus store, but ultimately in that strategy, the students end up winning because there is a more unified approach across campus leading to affordability and, and day one access increases, which is huge. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think the partnerships are the, the biggest thing that that you have to work towards. I mean, when we started there, we didn't, I didn't really know anything about D2L or how it worked or how the links get put in with inclusive access or anything. So you really have to start to build those partnerships out there. And we reached out to, to most of those people with the exception of the bursar after, after our pilot, because some things went wrong. We kind of experienced failure first, and then we learned from the mistakes to move forward what we need to do. So let's talk about that, because I think one of the things that came from kind of the failure of the mistake process was actually a really cool win. Um, and that is your ability to have access inside the learning management system. Tell us how you were able to get that buy-in with your campus LMS team and, and what is it that you use that access for and how does it help yourself, the store, and the students? When we started the program back in fall of 2018, we only had six courses on the pilot 
and we basically just set them up and connect and then I verified with the publishers that everything was okay and I thought that was pretty much it. The piece that I was missing that I didn't realize was D2L. So on day one of that fall semester, we got overrun with emails and phone calls and students in the store regarding how they access their materials. And I didn't have the answer for that because I didn't know. After that um, chaos and everything settled down, I, I realized that we had to go through D2L to make sure that the stuff was inside the LMS for the students to access. So we reached out to D2L. I had a meeting with them after the fact, and we just sat down and talked about what does everybody need? What does everybody want? Um, they weren't really sure what the program was either. So, you know, we basically explained the program to them, how it works, what it's for. And once they realized it, you know, was for student success and saving them money and giving them day one access, they really bought into it. And I wanted to take work off of their plate because this was our program, not their program. So I asked them if there was a way that I could have access. They modeled me my own D2L and I was able to go in there and check everything out and see how it works. And then they also gave me access to a university WebEx type system where I can web in with the different faculty. If a faculty member was having trouble, it was really hard to explain over the phone. So I was able to just hop on a Zoom or something and then I could net into their computer and show them how it works. It was very simple, didn't take a lot of time and I took a lot of questions out of the air. Also too, when Connect started to have the attachments with the emails, we made some documents with different screenshots of step one, step two, step three for faculty, and then same thing for students, how they would access. And now we attach those directions to the emails, correspondence that go to students or faculty. That's awesome. I think that's some really good advice when, you know, stores are looking at, you know, how do they build that relationship with their LMS team? Um, you know, and how do they continue to build a program? I love that you talk about, you know, the program belongs to the campus store and the ownership that you took around wanting to make sure it was successful and kind of take the workload off the hands of the LMS team. I think that's really critical as stores continue to build the program that they, you know, are kind of leading the charge with that. And I think one of the things that might come to mind, and I know that was came to my own mind as I was doing that at my campus store, it made me nervous because I was not super tech savvy. Um, and the thought of, of having to work with and, you know, communicate on a pretty regular basis with this team that felt very tech savvy and felt a little intimidating. What did you do to kind of break down the barriers with, you know, the communication or, or not knowing the technical piece of it? What did you do to break down those barriers? And how did you learn that enough that you can have a conversation with them and with faculty to train faculty? And at the beginning, there was a lot of terminology and tech lingo that I wasn't really certain what it meant. And integrations and implementations and you know LMS and this and that so it was a little confusing at first but we really started to to just drill down on what everything means and if I had you know if I needed help I just I just asked them like what does that mean and they were more than happy to stop and say what they were talking about and explain it further in greater detail but I think overall they were more than happy to not only explain how it works, but they were really happy to understand that, you know, the initiative was going to be taken by the campus store and that they weren't going to have to, to really do a lot of the groundwork for this because they're already busy enough and this isn't their program. So that was the biggest thing overall, but the rest of it was just, just learning, just learning as you go. There was not really like an easy, an easy answer to that, just trial and error really. 
So in hearing what you're saying, um, there's obviously some kind of new parts of your role around technology that you're taking on. I think something fun to talk about is things that you no longer have to do because of the the decrease in physical print. I always tell this story because I think people can relate, but when I was new to was new to the bookstore world, it was December and it was my first rental return and buyback season. And we hadn't really done a lot with digital at that point. All I can remember is being surrounded by thousands and thousands of physical print books. And I'm pretty for sure I was crying because I had no idea what I was going to do with all of these physical books and how I was going to like get them to where they needed to go. Um, and what I learned and took from that was like, wow, the more I can go digital, the less I have to handle all of these physical books. And so that became a huge win as we started to scale digital was, you know, we didn't have to like lug all those books around and transition them and receive them. What are some of those wins that maybe you have and some of the processes you'd no longer have to do as much of because of your move to digital? Well, it's definitely cut down on anything physical for sure. From receiving to returns, to rental returns, to buyback, to shelf tags, you know, all that stuff is down a lot because your focus is more on digital and and running stuff through the computer and through the different systems. In our case is MBS and also through Verba Connect. So there's a lot more focus on, on the digital side than actually physically you know, unloading books or packing books and shipping them out or doing shelf tags that you, know, you have to change every time there's a price update or a course is added or anything like that. So a lot of that stuff has definitely decreased a lot. Wouldn't it be great if we could see into the future? Keep listening to hear what Dave suggests the future of the course material manager role looks like. Maybe a good wrap up question. If you had like a magic eight ball, let's pretend that we do. Um, what do you see your role looking like, you know, in six months, a year, um, even a few years down the road, you know, what do you, what changes do you see kind of continuing to evolve or, you know, maybe staying the same, but what do you see your role looking like down the road? Well, that's actually, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I think it's, you know, it's definitely, I don't think the, the physical part of the job will ever go away. At least in our case, there's always going to be physical books. I think we'll always have that, but I think definitely the majority of this over time will transition more to digital, whether it be eBooks or inclusive access or any one of the other digital type formats that there is. So it's going to be more about partnerships with different people on campus, you know, continuing the D2L partnership, the partnership with the registrar for enrollments and the bursar for payment and all that stuff. I think that the, you know, the physical side, the traditional textbook stuff will still be there, but I think it'll be a really small percentage compared to what we're used to. I think it's, in my case anyway, I think it's going to transition way more to the digital side and you know, to all the different logistical steps that you have to do to make this program work and to make digital work and for day one for the students and for the cheapest price. And another way I think the role will continue to change is, you know, just being more integral uh, with the campus in terms of partnerships with all the previous, you know, organizations and, and departments that I mentioned already, just to really shore up that student success part. I think that that's going to be more of the direction that it heads instead of us just being the store that provides books on a shelf for a certain price. I think it's going to be a lot more partnerships and working together to make the bookstore a centerpiece of, of the campus and to make sure that the students have what they need. Thanks so much for your time, Dave. It was so awesome chatting and we wish you and your store the best of luck as you navigate the rest of 2020 and into 2021. Sure. Thank you. This was cool. 
thanks for listening. As a reminder, you can now listen to the Verbo Coffee Chat series on your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Subscribe today so you know when a new episode hits.